0: Welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Smile and Blue Apron. Uh, I'm Simone de Rochefort of Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren. Mmm... (laughs) Senior writer writer at Gizmodo. Senior writer at Gizmodo. (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. It's really
1: uncomfortable, yeah.
0: For the first, (laughs) like, maybe almost a year of the show, I had a post-it note on my computer that had, like, all the titles on it. And I'm thinking I might – there was a reason for that. (laughs) And I might need to put one down for Christina again for the next year just so I can remember – your new title, you your should do fancy that. You new should do title. That. How does it feel? So you've been there. You started Monday. It started been, Monday, so it's day three. It's been yeah. three days, three whole days. Yeah, good stuff. Do you like
1: it? Do you like so it? Far, so
2: so <laughs> yeah. far, so far it's really good. I mean, I'm, I'm still like learning the ropes, the systems, and figuring out the onboarding you know, what's process between. and everything. Uh, right. Uh, although I did blog within my first like three hours. I think I had a post. Yeah, I saw. Uh, which awesome. was crazy. Uh, which, which uh, I was not expecting to write anything that first day, and then I, I, I saw something that I had to blog. Um, but no, I'm still f- trying to figure out, you know, beats and stuff. I know I'll still be covering Apple a ton, uh, but 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 figuring out like kind of other coverage areas and other stuff, and and just uh, you know getting this sense of how things work. And and um, but so far, I really like it. Everybody I work with is really smart and funny, and. Um, uh, weird, and 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 that's really fun. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean it, it. It's a new adventure, and I'm I'm super stoked about the whole thing. It's it's weird though because you know uh, you you can kind of relate to this uh, Simone. You you started a, a new job recently too with Polygon. It's been but four months now. So yeah, since March. Yeah, so May, June, July, August. So five months. Um. So, but um. The I haven't had a new job in seven years. Yeah, so, oh, that's
1: right. Yeah,
2: so th- so it's it's weird, like you know, going through like the the the, the learning curve and kind of the getting to know new people and meeting new people stuff, which is which is fun, obviously, but you know, it presents its own challenges and stuff that you've got to kind of you know keep up with too. And um, uh, Gizmodo, even though I can start from home, um, starts earlier, mm. so. So my my sleep schedule's going to have to be a little bit oh, different. No.
0: Oh, oh no. Oh yeah. no, that sounds That's
2: terrible.
1: That's the worst
0: news I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine, but it's just
1: it's just, you know, things you got to make adjustments to. Um yeah. I guess I would not take a job that made me get up like earlier <laughs> like I just I've tried to do it it, it doesn't work out for, for polygon so... I was getting up
0: later than I was at my my job in Seattle. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which I, I, I'm i moving up in the world always just consistently. I'm going to be starting jobs later and later until finally I'm a bartender. <laughs> and then I, like I, I will be I like the boss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a big show today. Let's, we do have uh, big so. we let's a big show. We've got a lot of stuff. All right. Let's know. dive
0: right into uh, this report from Bloomberg. Bloomberg, um, in a video report, was discussing – Uh, reports that that apple wanted to unpair the apple watch from the iphone basically and make it its own cellular device and that they had encountered a technological snag in that process and I, i i i think you one of you described this as terrible and so basically the idea here is that you would be able to go out with just your Apple Watch and yeah. use apps and make phone calls from it, et cetera, et cetera. And Bloomberg seems to believe that people would want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- that I actually don't find surprising.
2: I, I find think that that's surprising probably something that on. at one point, no, I mean, I do think it's, I think at some point, and, and Apple wouldn't be the only company that would have looked into this and other smartwatches that have cellular connectivity are on the market. But I do think that at least some people think that, one of the one of the great things about a smartwatch would be that you wouldn't necessarily have to have the phone yeah. um, for, for certain tasks. Because, for instance, when you go running, it would be really great if you could just go running and just have your watch. See, and this is the context
0: ha- that I was missing.
2: Right, exercise. Cause, cause- Right, which, which so, but but that's which is actually a huge market for these sorts of devices, right? Um, I mean, the the day to day stuff is great, but really, where they find people really using it is is kind of as fitness trackers. And, that's and, all and,
1: I use mine for. That's the only purpose it has. I mean, I mean, me. I, mean yeah. I, I
2: use it for that and for notifications, but but primarily, the fitness stuff really helps. And so, you know, if you're somebody who wants to go run or work out and you don't want to have to have your phone on, you say you're at the gym, even right? Like, not having to have your phone in your pocket to maybe get cracked or whatever to be able to, like, leave it in your locker would be cool, but then know if a phone call came in or if you needed to access data for an app or doing something else. Like, that would be useful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can understand the – I believe that they probably were looking into those things. Um, We, we can get into some of the other problems
0: with the article, but yeah, go on. The other half of this was that you would be able to have an Apple Watch but have an Android phone. And use it with that instead, which also yeah, mystified me.
1: I don't see uh, yeah, that. that. The, yeah, that one I, I mean, again,
2: I feel like when they were first developing the product, I don't think this would be a recent thing. I think that it probably would have been an open question to say, would they think about it? But, you know, like... I don't think that's something that they would do
1: in general. No. It's yeah. just not very Apple-y solution, right? No, it's like not. the the way it all ties in there. I have so much to say about this story. Like can I just can yeah, I just go, go off why on don't this you story? Go for it. <laughs> okay, so starting at the beginning, starting at the beginning with this. I I to like we'll talk about the journalistic stuff uh in a bit because this was this is a really interesting situation of, t- of pairing a really excellent apple journalist with someone that has a little bit less of a reputation for excellence with Apple journalism, maybe at Bloomberg, and I I didn't like this piece at all. I thought it was very clickbaity. I yeah. I, I, I did not like this piece, but just starting at the very beginning, um, you know, one of the the things I did once at a um, a hackathon was sitting down and messing around with like you know cell phone like the actual uh, you know hardware components that like triangulate your cell signal and like looking at the power usage involved with that and believe it or not but communicating with the cellular tower constantly it's very energy intensive like 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 doing all of that so one of the biases i think we have when we when we talk about the apple watch is you know, most most journalists are male in our field and it's been yep. my experience when i look at who has the apple watch Generally, it's dudes that have the 42-inch model. For yeah. me personally, and I'm talking about my experience, I work out for an hour to two hours a day, which is already different than a lot of journalists. And then I have that smaller watch model. And the thing is, I constantly have battery issues. Um, so when I look at the Apple hardware and my experience with it, I find... The battery is constantly dead already. Like um, it probably doesn't make it to the end of the day. One day out of four. Um, it is not really good at responding. It, it's not very responsive, especially when you've been working out. Um, like on the exercise app, I find myself, if I tap like elliptical instead of, you know, um, Stairmaster or whatever, like you'll be hitting that back icon repeatedly mm-hmm. trying to get it to go back. So, you know, my experience with this is when I think about the, the priorities that I would say for the next Apple watch from a hardware point of view, I would say it was battery. That's huge. I think it would be more responsive touch screen. Um, And I think it would be making it thinner. I don't think this is a a watch that's pretty enough that I feel good wearing it, you know, with some outfits, you know, and that's not, I I don't see any of that really being talked about when we talk about priority for Apple watch Mm, hardware. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have thoughts on the exercise aspect, but, like, what do you two think about that?
2: No, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I, I think that John Gruber, his criticism of the article kind of made sense in the sense that he said, you know, the use of the present tense in the headline, you know, hits roadblocks instead of the past tense. Um, mm-hmm. th- I'm, I'm quoting from him directly. Now he says the, use of the present tense in the headline hits roadblocks, instead of the past tense hit roadblocks has and has hit in the lead makes it sound like these are recent issues. If Apple ever had any hopes of putting cellular networking in the second generation Apple Watch and shipping it this year, those hopes were dashed months ago, if not last year. Hardware has long, long lead times. This lead, uh, the lead time for the new iPhone hardware is over a year long. I doubt Apple Watch is much shorter. And I so I, I agree with you on that. I do think that. If they're designing something, you know, three, four versions in advance, potentially, um, if they could hope to maybe get, you know, the battery uh, life better, if they could get, you know, lower power stuff, I think that that would still be something I could see them investigating. But I sure. could, honestly, I could, int- but, but I agree with you. I think that fundamentally, they're probably first and foremost wanting to get the, the get the watch slimmer, um, and 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 that means. Um, you know, already kind of you know pushing the battery and other stuff. You know, you know making components smaller, and that means that probably not you know having something that's a really big battery drain like a like a cellular connection.
1: You know yeah. that that mm-hmm. just seems
2: like that's not going to be something that, that's going to work because you're right. I have the forty two, I have the, the thirty eight millimeter Apple Watch, and um, although I I don't work out as much as you do, I do find if I'm especially strenuous with it, you know it runs out a lot faster, and 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 that you know would only be exacerbated with a cellular model moreover I mean I think that the problems with with the cellular thing even though I could understand why it would be desirable would be that you've now got like you know for for app developers and for people doing certain things like that uh, uh, there could be complications just in in the
0: overall experience I think mm-hmm. you know um, yeah definitely uh, uh, yeah <gasps> and like with the f- with the phone like the the phone has gone through the same process of getting getting slimmer and having better battery life it always was a cellular device, but it still had to go through that process of just improving its efficiency in other ways. Mm-hmm. And it seemed, it makes sense to me that the watch as a non-cellular first device would have to kind of go through a process to become a more efficient piece of hardware before it gets that extra thing that takes it up to the same level of the phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd love to I've never looked in an iWatch uh teardown. I'm sorry, uh i fix it tear down of the Apple Watch. Um I think that'd be very interesting. Like the Taptic engine is gonna take up a certain amount of space just like it does in a in a dual shock controller.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. If, if you if you do look at it, I mean it's 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 packed right now and they could definitely do more, more towards the way of miniaturization and whatnot, but a lot of it that's that's in there fr- right now, frankly, is battery. You know, and so I think that Um, but, but I do feel like a lot of people feel like the watch is bulky. I'm okay with it. I've been wearing it now since April of of 2015 and with the right bands and stuff, I actually don't have situations where I feel like I can't wear it, um, with the, with the stainless steel model I have. Um, but I do understand people who like, like you, Brie, who like you... So I'm just like, I just can't wear this. Like, I totally
1: get that. I just went through and like bought a ton of awesome cyberpunk looking stuff from like, a designer. <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't fit that vibe, you know? And yeah. I mean, sometimes when I, like I did a thing the other day, it was like, you know, on cable television, it just, it didn't feel like it matched. But I mean, even beyond that, something that I feel is kind of fundamentally flawed. And I, I'm interested in this, Christina, because it sounds like you may disagree with me, but um when i think about putting um a, a cellular in the watch for the for the goal of going outside and working out to me i would never use that as my um only like safety device being out running sure. you know there have been a lot of women that've been murdered out running even one here in massachusetts lately that worked for google and yeah, you know, calls terrible. calls on the apple watch are terrible. The person on the other end can never hear me. You know, if I'm like trying to find a specific phone number, the interface isn't great. And just for a safety, you know, just for pure safety, I would not do that. When you add on something like Apple music and trying to imagine that streaming (laughs) through the watch or (laughs) hooking that up, it just sounds like it just, it sounds like something that we'll get to in maybe 10 years but it's just so far out of the the current priorities for the hardware. I just, I, I, would you I call it a non trivial problem? It. I would call it a non trivial problem.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would say 10 years. I think that in five, we might be able to be there. Okay. Especially if they can make radios more efficient and they can do things with the microphone pickups. Um, I'm with you on phone calls, although I think that in an emergency 911 situation, you can imagine. It could send a text, and Mm -hmm. it could also send your GPS location. Yeah. Mm. And that would obviate the need to maybe have to have the the voice call. Mm -hmm. That information would at least be relayed. Or if you're also thinking if you have it tied to your health information, it could act like a medic alert bracelet. Hmm. And already you can do those things where it would be able to, again – reach out and say, hey, someone's in distress. They have these conditions. You need to send help to this location.
0: That's interesting. So I could
2: actually, so I could actually see that being useful in, in emergency situations. Although, again, would it be good enough to like leave your phone? Probably not. Yeah. But I do think that, the, the. I mean, we've seen other companies want to do cellular on watch and I think a big reason is you know, for people who are wanting to work out in certain scenarios or just be in certain situations where you don't have to have the phone right there. But, I think to your, to your your earlier point, I think the battery life is obviously the biggest concern because, you know, you're talking about streaming music already. You can stream local music off of the device, mm-hmm. and that works pretty well. Do you Although think you, so? Really? Yeah, I do. I, with my Bluetooth headphones, I, I actually don't have a problem streaming local files off of the Apple Watch. I don't do it a ton, yeah, but I certainly can do it.
1: I have like a backup playlist in case my phone dies while I'm out running. And it's like, weighs it, one gig or two gig of music? But it's really weird because like all my music nowadays is on Apple Music and I don't Same. have local copies that are really easy to drag and drop <laughs> into the there. That's the pain. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the grave we've dug for ourselves.
1: I
2: know. And the way it works, I'm, I haven't ever actually tried this. I don't know because I've, I've, I've only used it with my own files I own, but I don't know if you can download. You know how, like, Apple Music lets you download tracks locally right, on your phone right. or on your computer? I don't know if it if it supports those file types on the Apple Watch. If it did, then that would be cool. Um, so if you're offline, you could still listen to it. But regardless, speaking of the battery issue, you know, having them locally and played over Bluetooth is one thing. That's still going to take up some battery, just the streaming over, over audio. But at least it's on the local storage side. If you're now downloading a stream and sending it over, you know, Bluetooth, I could imagine that taking even more power. So – yeah, I mean, my biggest issues with the article, and I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts from the journalistic point of view, Bree and Simone, after this. But I think my biggest problems are kind of what Gruber said, which is it seems like these were probably decisions that were being discussed, but probably not in any way the time frame that it seems to be presented. It's making it seem like they're just making these decisions now, and this is something that just happened. Whereas, you know, just knowing hardware lead times and knowing the typical process for these things. This was probably something that was 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 realized probably before the the Apple the, the current Apple watch even hit the market. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. my initial yeah. thought
0: reading it too was well, there was never an announcement that they were going to do this concretely so I don't understand why it merits a report of its own that that was my yeah. re- initial reaction.
1: I, I think I would say this. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the news organization, but I was I was at a major conference this year, and I had um, a, a meeting with a really big news organization. And, you know, Christina and Simone, like, as we're talking about this, like, we're Apple insiders, like, there's a certain philosophy to Apple that we understand, right? Like, it's just a, a base level of education on right, that lets you make at least informed, you know, decisions about how to cover Apple. Sure. Um, and I was talking to this particular organization, and a lot of their base assumptions were just off In the way that tech coverage tends to be, so I think when Mark German was going to Bloomberg, I think you know especially some of the history of not great articles coming mm. out of that, you know like the Maclopepe has taken down Bloomberg more times than I can count i I think we were really hoping it would um, step up so to me personally, the thing is so it seems like Mark German had you know the scoop from his inside sources at Apple. And then you know the other people that were on his byline with them, like maybe kind of you know, steered the car off the road and into the rail. I mean, I I just yeah. I, I'm really disappointed with this piece overall. I don't yeah, think it's I, good. I, yeah,
2: I'm not I'm not happy with it either. I don't know, you know, I don't know how how Bloomberg's how excuse me how bylines work at Bloomberg. I know that in most places you can have a shared byline just by having given enough information towards something you might not have actually. Played a big role in writing any of the copy. Like, certainly when I've shared bylines with people, there have been situations where I didn't write any of the text itself, but I provided the other reporter with a tremendous amount of background information and maybe, you know, said, make sure you include this sort of thing. But like, when it came time to like author the post itself, like I didn't include, I didn't write any of it. And I've also had situations where I've completely written a story and there's been another byline attached to it for the same reason where. They've given me information that was crucial to the story, but I wasn't the one who actually wrote it. I mean, they—they they weren't the ones who actually wrote it. Um, and so I—I I don't know what that process is. I've imagined it's probably similar, but I think that you know, in this in a story like this, when you have three bylines, what that typically in, it means is that you have information coming from three different sources, and and who actually wrote the post and and put the narrative together. That that's way less clear, and that could have been an editor, even you know, um, somebody who doesn't get a byline, but. Um. Yeah. I mean, this certainly. You know, Mark Gurman is is one of the best Apple reporters in existence, if not yeah. the best. Frankly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. You know, the fact that the Bloomberg hired him straight out of college, I think, says everything. Um, and 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 I'm sure that he's being paid very very handsomely for for his work, and his sources are impeccable. So. Yeah, I, I think the framing of it is weird, um, but it's, it's possible that maybe they, they heard things, you know, when they heard things. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's possible these were decisions that were being made as recently as six or, or seven months ago. I doubt it, but that's certainly possible. Maybe they could have, you know, that maybe, maybe that's when they had to make the call and say, you know, we're, we're pulling this feature. Um, why it's leaking now, I think because a lot of people are expecting them to issue some sort of update you know, in September. And, um, I, I don't think it's going to be a major redesign, but I do think that there will be some changes coming, you know, to the Apple watch. It'll have at that point, you know, been, um, I guess what, like it, will have been two years since it was announced. Um, it, it is obviously took six months to ship the first time, but, but it'll have been two years. And so, I mean, I think that, that, there's probably going to be um, at, at least some update, maybe a not significant one. I think that looks wise; it'll probably look identical. I think at this point, it would probably it's probably too soon for them to, to redesign it. Only insofar as they finally got people to kind of buy into it, and you don't want to piss off.
1: <laughs> you especially now with that $10,000 high-end model, to me, that's the really interesting part of this is how do you update a line with such an expensive high-end? I mean, mm-hmm. many people right. that'll spend $10,000 on Apple Watch don't care. I have no idea what that's like.
2: <laughs> that's honestly my my gut feeling. I think that if yeah. you buy the, the, the Apple Watch, the, the, the gold Apple Watch, uh, the edition, I think if you buy that, you're buying that as much for a status symbol as anything else. And so... The fact that it needs to be updated doesn't matter. I think that the the people who will have the bigger issue, and I I even think for a certain degree, people who bought the sport will be more okay. You know, would be more mm-hmm. okay if there was a significant redesign because again, it's it's you know, now a three hundred dollar watch. And that's not inexpensive. I'm not discounting that, but but it's not you know uh, you know five six seven hundred dollars, which is how you can get you know in, in into the the. Uh, the Apple watch, you know, the stainless steel models. So I think that when you start talking about those prices, those people are the ones who are like, Hey, hold on. You know, I, I spent, like in my case, I spent, you know, like once the band and everything was included, you know, $800 in change, you know, on my Apple watch. And so yeah. that's not the sort of thing where I'm going to say a year and a half, two years later, yes, I'm going to immediately replace this because mm-hmm. for me, even though I spend that on a, on a phone every year, my watch is not my phone. You know, you don't spend I, it on I, I an accessory. My wa- I'm not exactly. I'm not spending it on something that if I didn't have it in my life, my life would still go on. You know, my phone. <laughs> if I didn't have it in my life, my life would not exist. But but my watch, I can. And so, but but I, I weirdly think, and, and it'd be interesting to maybe talk to brand, you know, analysts or, and and people in luxury who who would speak to this. It'd be interesting to see if they would be anybody in the ten thousand dollar, you know, range would even be bothered. Something tells me they wouldn't because I I do think it's just a status symbol. What I'm really more interested in in getting kind of you guys' take is will they continue with the luxury Apple Watch edition? Because they've really de-emphasized it like a ton. Um hmm. you know, the the, the Hermes bands, which are frankly affordable by Hermes standards, you know, are, are available. <laughs> but they even show those paired with like the stainless steel, you know, on the website. Like they don't have those exclusively with, you know, the the um the the 14 karat gold models. And so that would be i think an interesting thing to see like have they sold enough volume of those is it worth their while to continue making those you know devices and and it, has that proven to be a status symbol because something tells me it probably hasn't
0: <laughs> that, that i don't know it's so hard for me to think about that because it's so far outside the scope of Anything that I understand. Like, uh, half of me is like, why would that ever be worth it? And then I'm like, no, there are so many accessories that people spend tons and tons of money on, even if they're going to be outdated next year, next season, whatever. But but this is different because Apple does have to, they really, they, they can't really kind of they can ride on their cachet, I think, with the phone, but with the watch, since it's so new and it, it needs to develop, it needs to change so much and so quickly, like, they, they're going to be pushing out newer, new new versions of it, you know, for these next few years to really bring it up to the level of the phone. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be worth it to me from a production standpoint to keep putting out these super duper expensive models that I think eventually just would not be bought right
1: yeah i don't know i think uh i wonder if they'll end up being like really good investments like the apple huh. lisa was like right <laughs> yeah. you can make a I'm lot of money if you apple one Watch those today.
0: and make a ring yeah, out of it
2: you should yeah, do it well, you should do yeah it. i mean honestly i do think that like for a, from a long-term um Standpoint, like I do think that... you get to keep that gold. That if you had one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you get to keep the gold. But I, but I, I feel like if you had one, like in mint condition, like just as like an investment, just for like hoarders. Yeah, if you had the money, it probably wouldn't be bad. Uh Would I recommend anybody doing that? No, I mean I think you'd probably be better off in the long run by putting ten thousand dollars in an IRA. <laughs> but, but like if you had if you had ten thousand dollars put in your IRA and another ten grand to just blow to like have someplace, it probably. Yeah would pay off Not i a girl see, my great great in, in, in grandkids 20- are gonna bring that on an antique road show well totally i mean 30 years I mean, but, 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 but your point talking about the lisa talking about the original you know apple um you know one you know the things like that like you never know how those sorts of things could appreciate of course they could also have the converse you know fact it could be like you know beanie babies where everybody was like oh these are going to be fantastic investments and then it was like actually no
1: um
2: <laughs> they were my, my for older the sister moment. had yeah, most m- most mo- my older sister actually has like still in stores someplace like the entire original collection of Beanie Babies.
0: Maybe they'll still come back.
2: Uh, no, I mean they might, but listen, at least at least in her case, she didn't actually pay for them. Her her then boyfriend's mother <gasps> literally bought them all for her. Oh my god, how old was she? Uh, Nineteen, twenty.
0: That's amazing. That's yeah. the most amazing, amazing thing I've ever heard. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by pdf pen from smile 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 are you smiling
1: i'm smiling i can't hear
0: you smile i'm sorry But (laughs) (laughs) can we have a sound effect for the smile i should go like ding (laughs) okay that's the sound of a smile you can engage your pdf foo on every device with the pdf pen family which now includes pdf pen for mac os pdf pen for ipad and iphone pdf pen scan plus everything every every tool to manage pdfs on every device that you own brought to you by smile (laughs) <laughs> Which is a sound fact that I'm canceling now. We're never going back there again. I'm sorry. For those of you who heard it and loved it, uh, it's over. No, just go, go like, back and
2: do it. Go back and do it. Come zh- on. Ding.
0: See? It's good. No, no. It's going the way of the $10,000 Apple Watch. I'm, I'm done come with on. it. One, one,
2: come on. One more time. One more time. We need th- We need three times. Okay, come on, one up. more time. Zh- ding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ruined. This ad read is ruined. But you know what won't be ruined? Your capabilities for dealing with PDFs. When you get a PDF pen product, Uh, PDF pen for macOS is the absolute ultimate PDF editing tool. It gives you total control of all those documents that you have to deal with. You can break free. It is the year 2016. You should not be scanning and printing anything ever. You shouldn't be faxing. If you've touched a fax machine in the last, I don't know. I'm going to say three years. I, I need yeah. you. I need you to just. It's okay. You can cry on my shoulder. It's okay. I can help you. I can help you. We're going to go paperless. We're going to do it with PDF Pen from Smile. When you're on the go, you can have PDF Pound on your iPad or iPhone. It'll be right there with you, so you don't have to like. Oh my gosh! Think about. Being at a conference or something, which has happened to me, and having to th- think about printing and signing a document, don't think about that, because you're going to have PDF pen, You sign a document right on your phone, send it back, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, you have that power in your hands whenever you need it, and PDF pen scan plus adds scanning and OCR to your mobile toolkit, so you have access to that when you're away from your desk, you can scan receipts super easily, and you will be so grateful for this. When it comes the time to say, submit your expense reports or submit your taxes, and you'll think, where did I put all those receipts that I that I was going to keep uh, to have? Did I stuff them in my wallet? Did I stuff them in a strange pocket in my purse? Uh, I, I don't know what I did with them. You know what you did with them is you scan them with PDF Pen Scan Plus, and you have those documents saved exactly where you need them. No more rooting around for stuff in your nightmare purse of horrors. That is why. Ding. ding. Smile. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's so wonderful. It happened one more time. Happened that last time. That's the last time you're going to hear it. I'm I, I I really I miss my vocation. I'm really artist, if you will. It's not a jingle, but it could be. It's like the beginnings of a jingle. It's like the stick beatbox that's about to go into a jingle. Anyway, how do you guys feel about this? I
1: we love know you smile. do. I, I love, love Smile. It. I love it. I love it. We brought my uh, my Smile coffee cup to WorldCon and my husband wasn't <gasps> packing it carefully enough in my bag and I was like, Frank, those are great people. Be more they careful are good with people. That. Come on. That's the like, thing about that's them my smile they, right. They are so. worth
0: working at a company called Smile. They've earned that. Smile. Ding. They have earned it. Not only have they earned that, but <laughs> exactly. Not
2: only that but PF like uh, as as you said like getting rid of having to use fax machine mm-hmm. very and important. And even, even
0: printers. Like I the day that we f- are fully free from printers will be the day that I God, am truly seriously. happy and printers smile. Are the worst. Helps us towards that goal. With every product, with every day we we move closer to cutting that cord, that final cord that keeps us down as a species. Down with printers, up with PDF, pen, and smile.
1: I think that's the plot to Deus Ex, uh, yeah. Mankind Divided. <laughs> like, one all the fax machines. <laughs>
0: so yeah, some final oh notes. Uh, PDF oh pen for iPad and iPhone is universal, so it's just one purchase. That's awesome. Um, with PDF pen 8, you get audio note and file attachment support, which is also awesome. Oh my gosh. If you want to make audio notes for yourself, which I do all the time uh not specifically with this but just in general in my life very useful to just be able to talk to yourself and not worry about typos and things like that and you personally you can go to smilesoftware.com rocket right now to find out more about PDF Pen and how it can change your life. Jing, ding. Okay. No. Thank you so much. <laughs> to smile. No. More. Thanks. Thank I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Smile. Thanks for still supporting me, this show, and Relay FM. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. We can be better. Can SmileSoftware.com/rocket.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Okay, so this next topic, I want to go through this quickly because I have so much to say. (laughs) Our our third topic topic. is really like I'm not even writing down show titles right now. I know it's going to come up later, but let's not let's not spoil it.
0: Let's not tease our audience. I don't I don't want them to be like thinking about it the whole time that we're talking about John Gruber. Uh, Hopefully John Gruber won't come up during the third topic. I can't imagine that that would happen hmm uh hmm no Mm. no 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 that's gross gross, so unfortunately sad segue uh um john gruber and q branch are seizing support of the notes app vesper and uh gruber on During fireball released a really like introspective uh well-written breakdown of The process of developing the app and how it made sense at the time in 2013, but how if they had known what they know now about the app ecosystem and the market and um, OS updates that were coming out, how they would have done things differently, how they would have priced it differently, how they would have gone through the development process differently. And it's a really, it's a really fantastic, I think, look at the app market and how apps are made and all the things that developers have to consider when they are making apps um, for Mac products. Um, Yeah. That that's app. Yeah. Apple products. Yeah. Apple products. I was thinking Mac and iOS.
1: (laughs) Yes. Apple products.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why why you gotta leave T V OS and watch us on OS? I, I I like, seriously. Simone, I like to what's, what's with your...
2: I mean I mean technically they are iOS Fair spinoffs, offs that's,
1: that's really oh, offensive. Gosh. It's really <laughs> did offensive. Did you guys
0: use Fassport? <laughs> yeah, I did. You did? Tell me. I actually did, it's yeah. actually free on the App Store so, right so, now. I mean, I, um this is obviously one of the struggles that they yeah, encountered. was right right that they released a five dollar notes app. Um and Obviously, we know now that things that are priced at that price, uh, things that are priced at five dollars, especially on the mobile app store, suffer considerably. Um, which is why I didn't have it. Well, and now it's free. Well, I'm downloading well, it. But. Well, right. especially w- I mean, especially when you're a notes app, and
2: it was a very basic notes app to be to be even more clear. And it was designed to be minimalist. So, like it didn't support. I think it supported hyperlinks and some stuff, but like it didn't support a lot of rich text. And you could write in markdown, but it didn't convert markdown for you. And it you know, it was a very bare bones kind of simple mm-hmm. notes app. And I liked it. And I, I, I actually, there were certain things that I, that I definitely used it for over the years. Um, or, or a couple of years that, 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 it was around. Um, I, the, Justin Williams, uh, disclosure, also a friend, uh, and, and, and Dave Wiskus, and, uh, I definitely cons- from, from Q branch, I definitely consider a, a friend and, and, John Gruber. Um, I don't know if, if he would consider us friends. I certainly, um, like him very much. Um, Justin Williams had an app called Elements, which was my favorite like Notes app of all time, and it had built-in syncing with Dropbox. You could use other sync services too, but it, it did it with Dropbox. And to this day, all the things that I write still go to a Dropbox folder named Elements. And I used to love it because I could write something in TextMate or another text editor and save it on my desktop to Elements and then open things up in Elements on my phone and go back and forth between the two. And Vesper, that was kind of honestly always my, my biggest issue with it is that it existed in iOS and the syncing was good. You could use it on multiple devices, um, but there was never really like a, a Mac version. And and so I couldn't, um, you know, start writing things in one and then and kind of open in the other. I'd have to kind of, you know, find a way to either email mm-hmm. or copy and paste, you know, if I wanted to start something. And so um, it was a good app, but it was a very – it was very simple app by design. I think the problem is, is that if you're going to charge five dollars for a Notes app, just to be totally honest, if if you if you don't have that that Mac app support already there, which uh, you know in, in the post Gruber said that they should have probably released mm-hmm. the Mac component first, and I think he's right um, in retrospect. But if it's going to be very, if it's going to be five dollars, no matter how beautiful it is, no matter how many things you kind of took into account for the design. Um, that's going to be a hard sell because there are a lot of very, very, very featured notes apps that are $5 or less. And there's some that are even more than that. You know, like, like, like drafts, which is one of my favorite apps is, is 10 bucks. I think that's actually, in my opinion, completely worth it because if you're a serious, you know, text editor, text writer, like that's, that's one of the cases Ulysses three, uh or not three. Ulysses I guess for, for iOS, which just came out. I think it's like twenty bucks. Um and, and it's it's really good. Um a Scrivener just came out with with an iPad mm-hmm. version and, and again it's it's an expensive app, but it's like desktop class. And so I almost feel like if you're gonna be doing a notes app, you either need to be free um, with
0: uh, maybe in-app purchase for certain mm-hmm. things, or you and need obviously to be really we don't know like how Scrivener is going to do on IO or on uh, mobile yet. But they have that reputation of years and years of being the app they for people reputation. who are writers. Yeah, for for books, yes.
2: And, and the thing is, is that Scrivener, can I think can completely get away with it because. You know, again, like you said, people have been using the desktop app for a long time, and I think having like a, a first-class citizen app on mobile, people are like, yeah, I will pay. It's like twenty or thirty dollars or whatever it is. They're like, yes, mm-hmm. I will pay for this. Um, the Omni Group, which is where uh, uh, Brett Simmons, who's also one of the members of Kubernetes now works, they have a similar thing with 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 um, OmniFocus. You know, the Getting Things Done app, and 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 with um, OmniGraphle and and some of their other applications, where they can charge as much for the iOS versions as they can for Mac. But I think you have to build to that point, right? I don't think you can do the inverse, which is have a $5 Notes app, which is very basic and has tagging and it, it has some good ideas, but is fundamentally not that much different or or frankly that much mm-hmm. better than, than Apple's, mm-hmm. you know, Notes app. Charge $5 for it. And then, yeah, it's great that you can sync between iOS devices. But like for a lot of people, what's kind of great about having like kind of a universal Notes app is that, you know, you... You do. You start something on your laptop or on your phone and you've got to pick it up and, mm-hmm. and, and reference it all over again. Yeah. Like that, that's, yeah. I don't know about you guys. That's how I do things a lot. Like I will literally – like when I'm in meetings all the time, I'm taking you know notes of the meeting and then when I'm trying to figure out a way to write it, like – I'm I'm pulling that note right up and and having it side by side with with what I'm I'm doing.
1: I bring my Mac, when I'm doing interviews, I'll bring my MacBook, uh, 12 inch MacBook and just I type as the person's talking to me and it's like, uh, yeah. Um I don't know for me um my idea collection pipeline I guess you call it is I bring a moleskin notebook with me everywhere and increasingly I just bring my iPad Pro with me so I can doodle um using a pencil as I um as I do that so I don't know it's um it's an app I purchased when it came out and it's just not for me like I just found Apple's you know native notes app mm-hmm. you know easier but to me the the really um interesting conversation here is about the pricing of this yeah. you know so when the app store came out in 2000 it was it 2009 um you know Eight. like 2008 i feel like there was a golden age where you could make money as an app developer and yes. you know i think if you go to the app store today and you look at who's featured there you know overwhelmingly it is you know big companies it is you know in the game space it's going to be you know, really big companies that uh, basically rely on micro um, transactions. And I think it's sad, but, you know, uh, Neil Stevenson even talked about this in Snow Crash. Like it happened yeah. when he was writing <laughs> that in 1992, <laughs> the future where. Um, you know, small app developers got pushed out and he was drawing upon, you know, software experience from the late 80s. Right. So I I kind of think that's where we are here. And I think he, he threw down a, um, you know, a plan where maybe Vesper could have stayed around a bit longer. Um, you know, would have been coming out with the Mac app first. And, you know, if it came out today, he would have relied on CloudKit. We've had so many of the same failures and difficulties with iCloud that he's talking about there. And I could talk about the KVS system that Rev60 uses for your SQL backup of your choices forever. And it is a mess. Um, but I think his central point there is... You know, our industry is moving away from pay for an app once and um, have it forever. You know, Maya is moving away from that. Photoshop is moving away from it. It's Games. all going to
2: subscriptions. Yeah, it, totally. It is.
1: You know, Human Revolution came out today. Um, you know, Simone, your organization, Polygon, um, I haven't read the review, but I know author was talking about it on Twitter, talking about how the, the story just randomly ends. Like in the mm-hmm. middle of it, and it I think doesn't. You you don't said even human get an revolution
0: ending. instead of um,
1: oh uh, mankind, mankind divided. divided. Apologies, but yes, yeah. but yeah, and this is clearly because they're going to come out with DLC or an expansion next mm-hmm, year, or right. they're going to charge me more money. So, you know, I I think that I I can't help but read this and think a little bit of it is, you know, you have three really top tier people in in the industry you know one of whom is a you know professional software engineer like at the the top of their game so totally. you know bringing in enough revenue to like license out you know extremely expensive fonts and things like that like it's a really high demand you know daring fireball gets a ton of traffic and they've got a very dedicated reader base but i think there's just such an uphill battle there that it doesn't surprise me you know
2: no three years ago almost uh so it was it was uh october of 2013 i just found the post i wrote a story for mashable called paid apps aren't dead but they are on life support and i kind of laid out exactly what you just said brie you know kind of the 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 challenges facing a lot of indie developers and that was three years ago and it's only gotten worse and Mm -hmm. and i think that um I think another thing that has to be considered, just to be totally frank, is is that as as good as the app might have been, and and I, I you know I don't think it was the perfect notes app, but it certainly has some nice ideas. I don't know if a notes app, unless you again you get like really huge and are doing kind of like Evernote style things, which becomes like a very different business. I don't know if a notes app at the stage in 2016, you know, towards the end of 2016. Could ever be a sustainable business to support three people. Yeah. I just, I, I, sadly, I just, I don't, I don't feel like it is because, un- again, unless, you know, you're becoming a different writing app like a Ulysses or a Scribner, I think they just, it, it becomes one of those utilities that people just expect and they expect it to be free. Or at the, at, at, you know, worst case, they, they maybe pay a subscription for, for certain parts of the features. Um, and, and maybe that would be more sustainable. I don't know, you know, like, but, but I agree with you. Like, it, it, Software is moving to subscription models, and that's both good and bad. Um, it, it's good because it's giving software developers more ways, especially indies, to make more recurring revenue and, and, and keep doing what they want to do. And that's important, right? But it's bad because if you're a consumer, you do feel a little nickel and dimed all the time. At least I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, there There's certain apps that I love, and I'll pay a subscription for them because I want them to stay in business, and, and I don't want them to, to, to go under. I want to continue supporting the, the developer. But at the same time, there are, there are moments where I'm like, you know – as much as I support you and really appreciate what you're doing, I'm starting to feel really nickel and dimed at this point, And that's not a great feeling. Yeah,
0: you never want to log into your bank account and go, Oh, my God, what are all these past transactions? It's my subscription fees coming back. But no, yes, yeah. can, can I say one last yeah, yeah, thing on, yeah. on
1: this? Um, I, I think I would say, you know, it's so tempting. You know, I've seen so much of this on Twitter, people writing it up like Vesper was a failure. And I think it's the exact opposite. Like having a temple app that did as well as Vesper did for four years without the support of iCloud yeah. is just frankly a frack of an accomplishment.
0: Yeah, he mentions that their their proprietary uh, like backup service worked like perfectly from
1: day absolutely one. And I'm like, that is the most
0: impressive thing that I have actually ever read in my life.
1: Absolutely. And like the number of apps that get put out that don't ever go anywhere or don't get traction is a much larger number than the ones that do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I think my message here would be four years of making money and breaking ground and doing something that is the most John Gruber app that has ever been shipped. I just, (laughs) I tip my hat to it. It's not a product for me, but I respect that level of success.
0: Yeah, for sure. What do you, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, his proposed, like what he would have done differently, knowing what he d- knows now? And um, how do you feel about that? That yeah, plan that he laid out because it made it made a lot of sense to me. Like, yeah, put it on yeah. Mac first, where people are paying a lot of money for these things, and just the fact that iOS seven came out almost immediately after the app or iOS seven was uh, that announced was, immediately that, that after was the efficient timing. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. ouch. That sucks. That was a pretty big, pretty big one, huh? <laughs> it was.
2: I mean, and, and that app didn't need as much redesigning as some did, but it certainly needed to be, you know, redesigned and whatnot, and and it had, changes had to be made. But to his point, you know, they'd already started working, you know, on an iPad version, and it turned out after iOS seven that they could have just used, you know, different size classes and and, and basically made it work. And they kind of figured that out when they converted, when they when when, when they made it, you know, built it for iOS seven. Said, so, oh, well, actually. Doesn't look that bad to have it work on iPad too, But yeah, I mean, I do think that starting with the Mac version in retrospect would have been the thing to do. I also think that timing, I mean, as he put in his post, I think is really kind of the most interesting part of it because you think if it had been released... Six months later, or even three or four months later, you know, iOS seven would have already been announced, and they could have changed things in that respect. So they wouldn't have had to redesign the app. But also, you know, the state of how iCloud sync, you know, uh, cloud, uh, you know, uh, core data was was at the time was was so poor that they couldn't rely on that for syncing. But now, CloudKit's pretty good, um, and 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 apps are using it. And so, you know, um, they wouldn't have had to build the, the the system that they built originally. And originally, you know, I think it was built on. Azure, you know, Microsoft's cloud platform and Microsoft even invited them to, to build and, and, and talked about, you know, mentioned their app, I think in, in one of the keynotes or something, which was kind of cool, but like, you know, um, and I, and I think that because of that, I am not 100% sure on this. Uh, I have a feeling that, that, that some of the, the first year costs or whatever server costs for Azure were probably paid for. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously that deal goes away and you have subsequent, you know, money you have to pay to keep up a sync server. And and, it, and it's non-trivial if you've got, even if you only have, you know, a small number of active users, you know, it, that, that doesn't stop. And, and, and I think that that to, to kind of what we were talking about the subscription stuff earlier, I think says, I think it, it becomes an interesting thing to keep in mind too. When you're building apps that have things like sync and you're not using things like, like cloud kit, you know, you're, you're having to to rely on your own custom built solutions there are recurring costs that are just going to be there mm-hmm. and unless you can guarantee that you're selling enough new subscriptions not subscriptions but new copies every month to kind of benefit you know to, to counteract that that's when it really does make sense i think as this plan kind of like laid out like to have moved to a subscription model and and that might have been something that if they would but, but it's hard to do that you know especially if you've already charged somebody $5 for something to say oh by the way thanks for that five bucks but now we're going to need to charge you X dollars a year, you know, yeah. five bucks a year, Ouch. ten bucks a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that 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 becomes a lot more difficult to kind of you know ask of people. There who've are some given choices you, you can't really go back on.
1: Right, or or, or if you or, or, or well, Simone that got dark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Well actually here's the truth, Simone. There are, but in the way that it would have happened, unfortunately, I think, is if they had tried to shift to say a subscription model, you would have been able to maybe grandfather in existing users and say, You are built-in for life. The problem is, is that I think that the heyday for the app, you know, the excitement when it came out and it got the write-ups because it was John Gruber's released an app, you know, that got a lot of people downloading it. I don't know what, I, and 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 I could be wrong on this, I don't know what their download figures were like and what their sales figures were like in subsequent months and years, but I have a feeling it probably dropped off a lot. And and, and certainly, you know, they hadn't had active, active development on it in quite some time, you know, since Brent went uh, to, to Omni, you know, it really hadn't been updated a lot. And, and so, um, I think that, and that, that, that means that it becomes harder to find in the app store. There are a whole lot of things. That was the one thing that he, he didn't really touch on in what could have been done differently was, you know, the discoverability stuff, which again, now is kind of being improved a little bit and that you can buy ads, you know, for, for app store search and, 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 Apple is trying to do more to help people discover apps better. They, they still have a lot of work to do, but you do wonder, it's almost like it was the perfect storm of things counting against them, you know, for this particular app, but it, who who's to say if if the changes that were made would have made this have a different ending? Um, I do think having a strong Mac component would probably would have given it the best chance. But again, if I'm just being totally honest, I think that at this stage, I don't know how big the market is for these sorts of of notes apps. Just because there are not only are there a bajillion options, and and my friend Brett Scherpster actually has created like this, you know, amazing comparison. Document of, of all oh, iOS really? text editors. Yeah, that it's actually like it, it, it interests it, 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 my my nerdy yeah. ass. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will send you the link. We'll put it in the show notes because it's actually incredibly stunning. It shows all the features what formats it, it supports, how the syncing works if it has a syncing server, how it works you know across devices, like all kinds of things. It's incredibly in depth, but there are a, a bajillion of them, right? And yeah. and there are also free services, OneNote, you know, Evernote, even though they're kind of crippling that, you know, Apple Notes, which is now very good for most people. Um, you know, and, and, uh, simple note, uh, which, which automatic, the, the company that, 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 uh, you know, uh, sponsors the WordPress project, uh, does there, there are a lot of these sorts of apps out there. And so I, I do wonder again, if, I mean, just to r- repeat myself for, like a fourth time, sorry, uh, it's okay. podcast audience, I do, I, but I do, but, but I do wonder like, unless you're going to be like nerdy as hell, fully function, like a drafts or a Scrivener or Ulysses or, or whatever, how big of a market in 2016 you can really get Mm -hmm.
1: for a basic notes app.
2: I I just don't know.
1: Yeah. I think something like Dropbox, like that is, it, you know, um, Steve Jobs famously said it was just a feature, right? And you know, a lot of people have tried to copy it, like Google and you know, Apple yep. has to a certain extent. Microsoft. But Dropbox is such a complicated, awesome service that they just keep upgrading. That there's a reason you keep paying for it. A notes app, there's just a limit to the level of quality you can deliver there before it's just fungible and. Um, You know, like, I think he could have changed a few things, but I think we ultimately would have ended up here eventually. So, but again, a success and just a a really beautiful experience. So, Mm -hmm. bravo.
2: Totally. Yeah. And and, I mean, congrats to them for getting as far as they did. And frankly, for, for building a really great looking app that even if it wasn't for everybody, like, I enjoyed it. And it was one that I would, it was quick and easy to do. And they did a really nice job with
1: it. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: You know, another great place to end up is your kitchen where you will be making beautiful Blue Apron meals for you, maybe for your family, if you have one. Maybe maybe you do have a family, but you just make the meals for you because they're so delicious, and you're like, family, stay out of the kitchen. This is my realm now. I make the meals, and I make them for me. And then your family members will also have to get their own Blue Apron subscriptions. But fortunately, they'll be spending less than $10 per meal. Because Blue Apron delivers such incredible, delicious, affordable meals to your home, ingredients for meals to your home, where you personally prepare those meals and are very impressed at your own cooking skills. If this is a feeling that you do not know the feeling of, you are about to feel it when you subscribe to Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Wasn't that a beautiful Sorry, I'm just reveling in that that sentence. You are the
1: most awesome ad reader ever, Simone. It's it's amazing. People it's not this blue apron.
0: Every you're not that day. good, but yeah. you're good. If you yeah. think that my ad reads are good, you haven't tried blue apron yet cuz they're the best. So, basically You want to cook, but you have no time. You try to cook, but you're not good at it. You don't know what flavors go together. There are so many possible recipes that you could buy. And even when you... Or that you could, like, choose to make. And then you go out and buy ingredients. And then you can't use them all in one recipe. And then they go bad in your fridge. And you're sad. And you cry. And you think you're wasting money. And then you buy, like, I don't know, Five Guys or something. And then you weep into your burger. Those days are gone. You're going to subscribe to Blue Apron. They will send you a box of fresh, delicious ingredients... Exactly the right amount that you need for this meal that you're going to make. They have a beautiful, like, illustrated recipe card that you follow. It's very easy to follow along. It's, like, neat and colorful and lovely. You follow that, you end up with a delicious meal. Like, for multiple people, you can decide, like, how how many meals per week you want to order. Um, and it just simplifies this whole agonizing time-consuming process worse on a cooking. earth
1: than going to the store, like that's going to true. the grocery store. I hate it. <sighs> I, I would rather go to jail than the grocery store. I can make that like, happen, wow. Brianna. I, that's, that's, I, it's that's, so, it's such a terrible experience because like you're trying to cook something and you're like, Well, it says I need red pepper here. So then you go look and you're like, oh, my God, I spent $10 for this one ingredient. That you're never going to use. And then it's going bad. And you're like, oh, but I'm going to start cooking. It's going to be great. I'm going to use all this paprika. And it never happens. I'm going to stock my pantry. You lie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, it's so fantastic. Like, if you came to my uh, house right now and you looked in my refrigerator, I cook three meals a week, and the only thing in my refrigerator is this giant Blue Apron box, and that's it. <laughs> like that 8 Zero. So it's I don't <laughs> know. It's just awesome. Like you get this big box shipped to you, everything is inside of it. Like the quality is just unbelievable. And I am a kick butt cook at this point, which is just mm-hmm. I'm so You've proud changed. to develop that skill. I don't I even have. know you anymore. I can I could come to your house I'm proud Simone, of you. And you'd be like, oh, I'm a great cook. And I'd be like, oh, yeah? It would be like we're playing Street Fighter Five, And I would just demolish your cooking skills. That's fair. And it fair. would be impressive.
0: I think yeah. that that's probably true. So these meals, you can prepare them in 40 minutes or less, and you can customize, like, choose your recipes every week. You can, based on either, you know, just what you want to eat or your dietary preferences, if you have, like, stuff going on, vegetarianism, glutenism, whatever. Uh, and you can choose a delivery option that fits your lifestyle needs. So basically, it, it, all, it any any reservation that you're having, don't have it. Stop having that reservation. You can Stop make having it. those home-cooked meals in your home and impress all of your friends. They'll be, like, super... They won't even... Like, like I no longer recognize Brianna Wu, they will no longer recognize you when you completely change their lives and blow their minds with Blue Aprons meals that you will cook in your home with your hands. So basically... It's changed Brianna's life. It's changed my perception of her. It could change your life. So go to blueapron.com slash rocket. You can look at this week's menu and you can get your first three meals free with free shipping at that place that I mentioned, which is blueapron.com slash rocket. So change your life, change your mind, change your body, change what you put into your body
1: by cooking things that you put in there.
0: Cook the things that go in your body.
1: Blue Aprons. <laughs> you should ask if they should make that their new tagline. Cook the things
0: that go into your body. Yeah, cook the I things think that, that go every into your body. every single thing that you would put into your body, rather just
1: eating the raw meat on the Serengeti like a like a tiger, like a tiger exactly that's where out tigers there. live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So their actual tagline is "A better way to cook," which I think is pretty catchy as well. Uh, maybe that's, that's not accurate.
1: as yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> descriptive as put the thing cook the things that you put in your body, but a better way to cook. Yeah, I think that's
1: accurate. That's accurate. Okay, we gotta get to topic three. I'm so psyched this about this. This is the most important oh news gosh, of the this entire is year. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> Today on Monday, I had to come into work, and my coworker Jeff said to me, "What was Daddy Gate?" That's my imitation <sighs> of his voice, and I said, "Jeff, oh God. Jeff." Jeff, sit down. Except we didn't sit down because we were in the kitchen, and then I loudly explained what Daddy Gate is in front of many people. And that is why. I am being fired. No.
2: <laughs> I was, was going to say, that is why BoxBDHR had to have a consultation.
1: Every
0: single a, week, it's just four. one daddy issue or another daddy issue. <gasps> go can you, <laughs> oh my can God. you
1: say, like, the D word or something here? Because I just... The Z word. It's very triggering. It's very triggering.
2: I'm sorry. Seriously. What was the Slack response that you put, uh, brie and, and Relay <laughs> Slack?
0: Oh, has so anyone
1: said if you it yet? Use the, if you use the D word, it will call you in Relay's uh, Slack. It will uh, go through the list of the original tweet that spawned this and that. So, my favorite is oh, it will no. call you disrespectful, ahistorical trash. That's <laughs> yes.
0: amazing. Which is great. the like, best I want
1: to use that all the time. Yeah. That's you, as, as you.
2: I mean honestly like like uh, you know please exclude me from this narrative um, yeah. that I've never asked to be part of. <laughs>
0: uh, when, <laughs> All right, fine. You don't get to talk about daddies. I can talk about daddies. No, I uh, want to. I've been talking about No, this I, I am, I'm not a historical. I've been on the in the daddy game my entire life. Um, so basically this weekend <laughs> Uh, Shanley Kane on Twitter went on a, a, a tweet storm, if you will, about the term <laughs> yeah. daddy and how it is problematic and owned by the queer BDSM community. She later clarified that there are other. Sources for using the word "daddy," um, many of which, I mean, I, it's been used by many communities. In fact, there a Slate yeah. article went up this week with uh, a story written in 1922 by a woman complaining about the use of the word "daddy" to refer to men who are not fathers. And this was the greatest Twitter event of my entire life. I went for a walk in the park, and I didn't, I, I, I wasn't looking at my phone for the space of about 20 minutes, and then I took out my phone and daddy gate had happened in that space of time it, it, it crested it peaked and it was over and it was beautiful i loved everything about this it was the absolute co- like ultimate condensation of internet rage about a thing about misuse of social justice terminology it it was It was majestic. It it was peak internet at its finest. Can can I
1: read some of these? Can I read some of these? Please, 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 So I'm just going to read in my Brianna voice. I'm not going to try to (laughs) do a Shanley impersonation. Uh, Don't have deep psychosexual Freudian and uh, Oedipal trauma. Oedipal. Oedipal trauma dysfunction. Good for you. Stop appropriating daddy. Daddy came from queer leather folk. And y'all vanilla ass bitches out here like, yes, daddy, While you have monogamous missionary sex, actual queer leather people who do daddy in BDSM subculture get talked treated like freaks and losers. And it's a cute screen name for you. Your daddy, your man, finally figured out how to use whipped cream in the bedroom. That doesn't make a daddy. You're a long way from whippets and sodomy. Calm down, cupcake. Enjoy heterosexual oral sex and stay away from sh- you don't understand. Justin Bieber will never be daddy. Is f- get off Instagram. And yes, to you <laughs> ladies who <laughs> think it's cute to put daddy as your screen name, women are actually daddy too. That's leather subculture you ass you're out here being disrespectful and ahistorical historical trash daddy has deep roots in places you have no f- clue about live long enough to see marginalized queer subculture go mainstream in memes about cis het boy bands
2: that, that's that, 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 that's that's majestic yeah, clap. let's clap, let's, clap. Wow. let's give it up for shanley kane that everyone everyone wow. ladies and gentlemen shanley kane it, well done. Well done, uh, Shanley Kane. That's very entertaining. And, yes. And uh, as Simone said, peak Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. Peak Twitter. So, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but like, Christina, you posted this on my Facebook. Your response is just three dots. And I just wanted yeah. to give you the opportunity to let out your thoughts on this show. Like... <laughs>
2: I don't even know where to start. Yeah, because there are so many assumptions being made, and and again, so much. Um, frankly, like, n- I mean, as the slate piece pointed out, and, and and frankly, as as there there was a piece on on Gizmodo that it, that uh, the author Dawson written written kind of a, a piece on New York Mag earlier this summer, kind of going into the historical, like the the whole history of the term, like. Uh, I, 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 and I, I agree with you because Moda's story was just like, you can't appropriate daddy. Like it's not everyone
1: has
2: (laughs) like everybody has, there are their own daddy issues. Like even if you have a great relationship with your father, you probably have some, you know what I mean? Like, or authority issues. Like everybody has something Mm -hmm. and, and, and just, I don't know. I, it was so eye roll inducing, but the whole thing, the responses to it were great. The memes that came out of it were great, but just the whole thing, you see something like that and you're like, all right, look, this is why feminists on Twitter have a bad... You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is this is why people make the look. sorts of jokes. Yeah. It's a bad look. This, this is why people make the jokes they make, because of stuff like this. And you can't... And, and then, like as a feminist on Twitter, I kind of can't defend against it, because I'm like, you're right, this is actually really ridiculous. Because it, and there's, it, there's, it's there's,
0: so close to being... Like, I honestly could not tell, and I still am not really sure if it was... I mean, knowing Shanley, it's probably not a joke, but it... Oh, it's not a joke. Yeah. It's certainly but not parody. It could be. I wish it But it, it could but be. And that's yes. what's so
2: like ah. I mean, honestly, if somebody had written this who was like pretending to be like, oh, this is what a what a feminist on Twitter sounds like, you would read it and you'd be like, you know what?
1: That's
2: really offensive. You would say, you, well, no, I would say, that's offensive, oh. but I would, say, I, would say, I would say, you know what? You got the tone right, but even that's a line too far. No actual feminist on Twitter would really make this statement. Like, the SJWs would never really go, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, th- 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 this, this isn't realistic. This is too far over the line to be to be realistic. And then you see it and you're like, damn, okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> fine, <Yeah>. fine, fine, fine. <laughs> we are worthy of self parody because, because when things like this happen, we're, yeah. So again dot 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 but but but, but Brie and Simone, I would love to hear your thoughts because I was well, just mostly amused and like
0: oh no it was wow, incredible I know I know nice this is the hill that she has chosen to die on but it's also the hill that I have chosen to die on because you will <laughs> cry my daddy jokes out of my cold dead hands. If this is problematic, Seriously. I am I mean I am we are all problematic. Well, but Of course I, we are. Your this is the thing that I don't .tumblr.com. care about. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I I have been calling. I uh, I started calling my best friend Daddy to make him uncomfortable and confused um, like <gasps> years ago. I have been here. I, I do that to my coworkers sometimes. I call them Daddy, uh, which is a problem, and I shouldn't do that. I, I, I called That's you Mommy weird. earlier. Yeah, you, you did. Really That's weird, out. Christina. Never do that again. But <laughs> I don't know why I find it so funny. I Like, it's not... I don't want to it's disparage daddy because kinks because, so, like, yeah, yeah, kinks are oh. people have kinks. That's serious and real. But oh, no, oh my it's god, it's so funny! It's not it's about just, the kink at all. It's just so, so funny, funny <laughs> to me to call people daddy. <laughs> it's
2: transcended the kink. That's the whole point, right? Is the fact that this terminology isn't just one thing. Language evolves, and honestly, in this case, I think as the sleep pointed out, like existed before the the yeah, like, appropriation that she's accusing like, people think,
0: of. Oh, 1950s. Hey, daddy-o. Like, that's right. been like, around forever. Like, the appropriation that is being accused of is, like, the term actually
2: pre existed those communities, mm-hmm. like, in, in, in the way that they were using it. So, like, it's... it. But, but language evolves, period. Like, you know, even, even let's say she was right, she's not. Like, language evolves. And there are certain words and phrases I'm not going to, you know, get into them, obviously, that will never evolve and will never be okay. But, like, that's the whole point of linguistics is that we can say things in different contexts and then they can mean different things in different ways. And, and it's, and frankly, it's funny.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Okay. I have so much to say about this. Go for um,
2: it. Rant, rant, brie, rant. So,
1: uh, Christina, when we first started doing rocket, you know, we had a conversation on this show and, you know, I said, one of my rules was I don't go after other women. Like, I feel like, you know, we're facing so much stuff already that totally. I just don't want to add to that. So, when this happened, I I want to tell you all like I really took a breath and I thought about it and I'm like, look, Shanley gets a lot of death threats like I do. She gets a lot of harassment. Um, do I really want to, you know, basically critique her publicly? And I thought a lot about that. And you know, even in doing this topic today, I I've thought a lot about it. And the answer is, yeah, we have mm-hmm. to. And part of it is, you know. <sighs> If you really care about feminism, I th- it, because we face some really, really, really serious stuff. Like there's a video I posted um, a few weeks ago that was like 40 years of extremely sexist uh, questions towards Hillary Clinton, which is just structural stuff she's dealt with uh, in her career. Like feminism really covers some important stuff. And I think in... Treating that seriously, I think when the extremes of our movement do things that are just patently ridiculous... I really think there's almost an ethical responsibility to like stand up and kind of call that out. Um, I think with, you know, there's a certain political party that I think like you saw them kind of going off course in the nineties. And I think they didn't rein in the more extreme elements of their party. And I think it's where we got to today. So, you know, I really took a big responsibility in kind of saying on Twitter, I don't stand by this. I think this is ridiculous and we can't like, justified this. But even beyond that, I want to have a really serious conversation with both of y'all about call out culture. And I want to be really honest, I realize I have, especially in the height of Gamergate, I think my Twitter devolved into kind of lecturing people about what they should think and how they should act. Mm-hmm. And I think part of this is, you know, you're convinced about the rightness of something, and you see injustice in the world every day, and it's hard to not say something about it. But I think at a certain point, it's almost like um, like a um, I I don't know how to describe it other than a cult. Like it's like you have everyone that's trying to be as pure. As possible if someone has a slightly more nuanced view on capitalism or someone isn't slightly on board with this or that, like they get blasted and it's a culture that really pushes us so much towards the extremes. And I would hope that if someone looked at my Twitter in 2016, they would see there are a lot more jokes and a lot less <laughs> of that lecturing going on. Because it's really gotten to a point where I, Brianna Wu, a recently well-known feminist, I, I'm taking a step back and saying, like, I can't be part of this right. ethically. Mm-hmm. It's not getting us anywhere.
0: I have a so, personal role, and I've always had a personal role, I mean, for a few couple of years now, to just not, fight with people on Twitter because it never, ever, ever, ever ends well. Even if they're being super duper wrong, I just... Because it's not it's not going to go well for
1: either of us. Sure, but even... I'm not even talking about getting in Twitter fights because I haven't done that for a while. Um, I'm talking about saying, look, if you want to like be respectful to X group, you need to do A, B, and C. I think there's some of that that's educational, but my first clue that you're on the wrong track is when your Twitter feed is all about lecturing people Mm -hmm. with prescriptive instructions about what they should do. Yeah, I think it's boorish and I I think it leads to you just talking to the choir. So, you know, me personally, I've taken a step back from this. So I have to look at this like rant by Shanley and I understand where this is coming from. Shanley is hurting Mm -hmm. and she's angry and she sees something that seems you know, in just out in the world. And And she's like, and it's, it's daddy. (laughs) No, no, no. It's, I understand that urge to like strike back and try to make the world a better place. But I think this is the part where your ego and your anger is overriding your good sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it makes me sad that I don't think the feminist community can really have this discussion with each other.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and it it totally does, I I guess it it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle, I think, where when you're standing for something that you believe in and, and, and doing it so intensely with such vigor, then things like this that are arguably just like, oh, whatever, die on this hill, they become that important. And it's hard to kind of put it in perspective, I
1: guess. Right. I don't know. I mean, Christina, what do you think?
0: Yeah,
2: no, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it's problematic when when you're so willing to just kind of jump on the, the gun and criticize anybody who, like you said, has an, any sort of more differing nuanced opinion. And I think that it, it frankly, it it it, it lessens discourse. I think the only way that we, our minds are open to the only way we learn, the only way we all become more educated is if we're open to listening to other people's points of view, even if those views, you know, those points of views on the surface might be different from ours. I know that there are certain topics that my opinion has changed – I've done a full 180 on Mm -hmm. and, and, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't been able to listen to other people. And I, and I fear that sometimes with the call stuff, like you're talking about, it becomes like, I'm not even going to be willing to listen to anything you say. I'm so in stuck in my own way. And, and certainly there are issues that I feel that way about, you know, like, like, um, you know, uh, LGBT rights and things like that. Like I, and, 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 you know, uh, racism and things like that. Like I, I'm not willing to listen to the other side of the story. I'm just not. But I think that for other things, it becomes really problematic when you're, that focused on just like wanting to just find offense at everything, yeah. Because that means you know, because that that in of itself is 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 wanting to only see things through a very narrow lens, and and I I think that's that, that's a problem.
1: Mm-hmm. I think like you know, I, and I want to preface this by saying like whoever you voted for, I respect your right, even if it's the current Republican candidate. I respect that. But I do think there's a a problem, at least on the Democratic side, where, you know, if you did vote for Bernie, I respect that. As for me, you know, my dream, my life's goal, what I wake up every day and what I want to do with my life here on this earth is to build things. And, you know, often that requires me to interact with capitalistic institutions It is frustrating for me that within the feminist community, because I don't have um, a view like let's destroy all capitalism period and give free everything to everybody, um, because that's not my view. I get screamed at a lot by people that should ostensibly be on my own side. And I just, I think that the problem with like not saying anything about Shanley Kane. In this case, I think it encourages us to get to yeah. to keep pushing, you know, progressivism, which is awesome. It's done so many great things, but I think it pushes us to this point where it's more extreme, and it's more extreme, and it's more it, extreme, yeah. and then it just becomes a mirror of the problems we see on the other side. And I can't just not say anything while mm-hmm. that's happening. Not, so. not
2: only does it become a mirror of the other side, but it becomes, again, as we were kind of saying earlier, almost a parody of itself where you become yeah. too sensitive and too you know, afraid or whatever to do anything that that you can't get things done. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The, the, the outrage machine can sometimes go into such overdrive you go, okay, you know, like I'm not and, and I'm not saying I'm against all trigger warnings and they can certainly be useful, but for certain things, I mean like this is an unrelated case, but there's like a, a college where they apparently want a trigger warning for the the, the Greek play Antigone. <sighs> and, and, and 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 I'm sorry. That's insane and ridiculous. Like, this is art that needs to be read, and, and it doesn't need a trigger uh, warning. And no, I think trigger th- warnings
0: are different from, like, not being able to engage, like, have saying you don't have to, like, y- you're exempt from reading this in this class. Like, I think saying, yeah, this play deals with, like, Oedipa, I- incest and stuff, like, that's not out, well, an outlandish I mean, thing to I, ask for. I think that, uh, where's the I, point that but, I was, um... I mean, I mean, look,
2: b- b- we can disagree on that and that's okay. Yeah. The fact that yeah. we can have this conversation is no, okay. Christina, but I feel like it, I, I need it, you
0: to come up here right now to fight me.
2: <laughs> right. But, but 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 I mean, the fact is though that but things can get to get, get to a point sometimes when even if you have good intentions, it can literally stop discourse and stop learning.
1: Can and, can I say something about that, Christina? I I you know, I have spent a lot of time looking at trigger warnings as someone with a you know, pretty popular Twitter account. And, I prefer to call you know, them content I, I warnings, a, really. I, uh, whatever, Sorry, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm someone that's thought a lot about this issue and said, like, is this ethical? Do I need to do this? Georgia Dow, who is not the most incendiary person you're going to meet in your life. <laughs> like, I sat down and talked to her about this. And she's like, trigger warnings do not do any good. They they had right. they actually do psychological harm and say, there's I've, a I've lot read, of read those studies. yes there's a lot of science that backs it up. So, what is frustrating for me is not this moment. I need you to agree with me on that, um, but it's the fact that I am scared. I'm terrified to tweet that right now to my as a someone in the that's considered a feminist leader to say, I don't stand by this. I don't make this choice because I would get eaten alive. And I think that really speaks poorly to discourse on the left.
0: Mm-hmm. Well what was I? My yes, my friend, my best friend. I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. Um we were talking about I think it was I can't even remember what we were talking about, but he said the the quote that he said was, I'm tired of being radical to the point of being useless. And that really struck a chord with me where like I I I can't be I, like I have I have to work and live within a certain system and no matter what problems I have with it I can't afford to com- like completely tear it down all at once and like I, I see people talking about the election and how like they would rather you know tear down the entire political system that we have f- like for their children's sake so that their kids don't have to grow up in the world that we're growing up in and I'm like I mean, no. <laughs> Complete anarchy, works. like e- even raining. for the the worst off of us, I think the people who are worse off now would be just as poorly off like in a in an anarchic system if we completely like <laughs> rebuilt the United States from the ground up like right now, burn down Washington. Uh we would all <laughs> be in a bad situation. I know that's not what people are saying when they say that, but like really uh, yeah, I know. I, I and then I think maybe I'm becoming old. Maybe I'm becoming
1: old and weak. Um, I I think it's like an RPG party and, you know, like a a well-balanced RPG party has a fighter, has a mage, has a, has a black mage. Right. And I think the left needs a lot of different people. You know, we need Hillary Clintons that are seasoned politicians that will go out there and get laws passed. We also need radical, you know, anti-capitalists out there that kind of push us in some directions. My objection, I don't care where you fall on that spectrum. And I, I I would challenge you to find any feminist that has as many friends and talks as much to the right as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how you, you vote. I think like we all have points of view. My criticism is when it gets to the point where anything that's not on this extreme gets beaten down, gets criticized, mm-hmm. gets yelled at, and I think that's just not a point of view I can stand by. And because the, the any ultimate longer.
0: fact is that we are never going to come to a cohesive point where we all agree on everything. No, that it's is not never going to really happen. And we shouldn't.
2: Right. Yeah. And frankly, we shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So because that's not how freedom of speech works. And 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 I mean, I mean that's kind of. A weird thing too. I mean, and and I don't want to turn this into you know, uh, there there are better things that we could be talking about and focusing on because I I'm fine with people wanting to have whatever discussions they want to have, and 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 Shanley is you know free to say whatever she wants. But I do feel like it is also kind of a shame that like that that you know like Daddy Gate is, is amusing as amusing as it was. You know, becomes like a focal point when like attention could have been focused on on actual issues yeah. of, of real of real appropriation.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, think it's well and, it, and it
0: um dilutes. I think those discussions. It, it completely does. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that developed devolved into a serious conversation.
1: <laughs> I, I think it, it's a serious conversation It's a conversation I'm going to have for a long time, and I can't have it on my Twitter. So hey. you know, there we go. Uh,
0: did you did you have a um another serious message that you wanted to impart to our listeners?
1: Oh, about uh, Ed Zitron. Like, uh, dude. We love you, Ed. We love you. You are awesome. You're one of my favorite people. He got into a really serious car accident this week. So, uh, Ed, you are very much on our mind, and we hope you get better soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Brianna, what
0: are you up to this week?
1: I'm shipping a game. Ship day is the sixth. We rolled out our very first teaser trailer today. There's only 40 seconds in the magnificent two-minute trailer and the story trailer is uh i'm sorry the features trailer is coming next week and um yeah i'm super excited about that i'm spending a ton of time in back channel with journalists right now
0: yay cool christina what about you well i'm still in
2: in a new job mode so i'm i'm you know writing uh some uh but i i don't really have any stories i can talk about the fact that i'm working on um i have a story by the time uh this uh podcast goes up that about uh Linux at 25 about like ways it won and lost that I think will be kind of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of settling into the new job. And, and I think it'll take some time for me to get all settled. And next week, though, is going to be busy because it's IFA, uh, which is a, a big uh, a international um, gadget conference and, and, and lots of phones and things are expected to be unveiled. And so, you know, um, this week has been good in the fact that it's been kind of slow news wise. So I haven't been able to I haven't had to you know jump on things too fast but uh but but as 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 Eva uh, comes up I know I'll be you know jumping on things faster and just getting settled in into the new gig
0: yay i am writing my first ever game review for polygon.com this week which is awesome because it means arthur geese gets to edit me (laughs) (laughs) i love being brutalized by a good editor and i i made the mistake actually when i started writing my review i was like gosh golly i'm gonna go read some some other polygon reviews and like really bone up on my structure and i opened arthur's doom review and i was like I can never write again. I'm retiring at 25. Goodbye, world. You will never hear my words. He's such a good writer. Um, anyway, this has been my plug for Arthur, <laughs> who is great. Uh, but my review, which is not a review that is written by Arthur, will go up sometime this week. So that's cool. Um, I have a a very fantastic video idea that I can't tell anyone about. But just know that I actually laughed on the subway just to myself thinking about this this week so terrible things are happening at polygon.com all of them perpetuated by me (laughs) perpetrated by (laughs) me rather Mm, i'm a baddie i'm a badun uh christina where can we find you online you can find me uh, on a
2: twitter instagram snapchat at film underscore girl and you can now find my writing at
1: gizmodo.com and brianna uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine, Space Cat
0: Gal. You can also find me on the Twitter machine at Jim and my videos at YouTube.com/slash Polygon. Uh, if you liked this episode, you should totally review it on iTunes and give it some stars. Thank you for listening, and this episode is terminated. 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 terminated.